Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucksters? What the fuckstables? What the fuckleberry fins? Welcome. This is uh, this is WTF. I am Mark Marin. So it's hot and sweaty in my garage. I've had a very aggravating day. I don't want to start with complaining. I'm not complaining. It's just some shit went down today, but I'll get to that perhaps. I do want to say today on the show, uh, Mr. Billy Wayne Davis, young comic uh, out of the southern region of the United States, uh, talked to him. In a bit, I just want to also update you on what's going on in my calendar. There seems to be some misunderstanding about some things. This Saturday, we'll be at the first annual 26th Annual Comedy Fest in Chicago. Uh, that is almost sold out from what I understand, but you can go to WTFPod.com to get tickets for any of these. On Tuesday, June 24th, Lawrence Arts Center, that's for some sort of film festival I'll be doing. June 25th, the Firebird in St. Louis, sold out. Sorry. Uh, there might be tickets available for walk-up. June 26th through the 28th, I'll be at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington. Now, I want to make it clear. I, I've told some of you my dates coming up in Austin and Dallas and Houston and Tampa, Charlotte, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, though I will be at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte August 14th through August 16th doing an hour of stand-up. A lot of those dates are at amphitheaters. And some people are like, wow, you must be doing all right. Other people are like, an amphitheater in the middle of fucking August in Tampa? Are you out of your mind? I understand these sentiments. But what I want to tell you is that many of you who know me and know what I do uh, are, are fans already, and I appreciate that. But I'm doing the Oddball Fest. The lineup looks good. It's going to be Aziz and Atel and Louie, from what I understand, Sarah Silverman. It's going to be great. It's going to be like a reunion for some of us. There's some other comics on, obviously. So I'm doing some of those dates. It's not just me at the Mid-Florida Credit Union Amphitheater. But whatever, I'm on the Oddball Fest. Go to WTFPod.com, go to the calendar, I, I, and, and see the dates, okay? All right. So that's out of the way. I appreciate the vote of confidence when you're like, you can't fill an amphitheater. I know I can't. I can with Louie. I can with uh, Sarah and Dave and Aziz. Yeah, then I can. I'm doing short sets. So the point being that some of you who know me, you're not going to get the full Marin effect necessarily. You'll get 15 minutes from me, but then... You know, if people dig me, I'll come back to your area and do my own show. That's my thinking on it. You guys, Bob Mold fans, uh, he's I'm going to have him on the show in a few weeks, but I just wanted to hip you to the fact that his new album, Beauty and Ruin, is out now, and he'll be going on tour this fall. You can check out all his stuff at bobmold.com. Uh, that was a good conversation. Oh, by the way, can I just mention clearly that 
Bobcat Goldthwait's new movie. The movie is called Willow Creek. It's a Bigfoot movie, and uh, it's getting amazing reviews. So go track that down where you can. I know it's playing in some theaters. I know it's uh, available to DVR in some places. But Bobby, you know, he had directed a few episodes of Marin, and uh, I want to help him out. I want to help him out with his new movie, Willow Creek, the Bigfoot movie, the Bigfoot movie. Why can't I fucking talk? God damn it. All right. It's been a long day. But go see Bob's movie if you want. I recommend it. This Thursday, I'm Marin on IFC. It's a good show, but apparently some of you saw it because a Canadian network screwed up and ran it out of sequence. But most of you haven't. It's based on... uh, me and Caroline Ray play me and Caroline Ray and we used to have sex occasionally and now we're at the ages we're at 50 or so late 40s whatever you want to frame it as and we thought well let's give it another try Dave Anthony gets involved there's a cat involved not in the sex but yeah so it's a pretty fun episode and the backstory about this is that I did date Caroline Ray or we did hang out a few times but also Dave Anthony did as well and that is the triangle that is being played fictionally on Marin tonight. Did I say this Thursday before? Tonight. So that's the backstory. There's a real backdrop to this. I just want you to know, and I don't think uh, I don't think Caroline would mind, but the backstory is at different points back when we were in our 20s, both Dave and I, I'll, I'll be polite, dated Caroline Ray. And in, uh, and in, uh, in, and in, this episode of Marin tonight some of that happens again well at least I date her I don't want to tell you what happens so enjoy that so getting back to deaf black cat who I was beginning to grieve his loss I told you on the last on show Monday haven't seen him getting a little worried it's been over a week the day after I said that to you the day after black cat deaf black cat's hanging out on the rail on my on my uh, deck just laying there Looking at me. I look out my bedroom window. There's Deaf Black Cat. I'm like, what's up? Nice to see you. And he was like, nice to see you too. And then apparently he said, I'm not really eating here anymore. And uh, I'm no longer into hanging out on your deck. But I wanted to check in because I knew you were you were panicking. Don't panic. I'm just hanging out at a better place where the food's better and uh, it's less aggravating. You, you clearly, you, you have a frenetic energy that makes me uncomfortable. I have enough on my plate. I'm deaf. So I'm like, okay, well, thanks for checking in. I appreciate it, DBC. So he's all right. Am I all right? I don't know. Billy Wayne Davis in a couple of minutes, but first I got to, I got to walk you through my morning if I could, you know, what's your biggest fear? Tell me what your biggest fear is. Just tell me. I bet you identity theft is right up there right up there what a scary fucking thing that is so needless to say transition segue i get a call an email from my mom she says i just got a call from a bank in michigan this woman uh, barb called said that uh, someone was trying to open a credit card account with your name and they called me she my mother then says sounds like fraud i don't know what's going on what's even more upsetting is how did they get my phone number How did Barb at this credit union in Michigan get my mom's phone number? That was her big concern, not the fact that what the fuck is going on with my information. So Barb leaves a number. She calls me, and I didn't didn't pick up because I was doing something. I call her back. Some guy with my name and my 
social security numbers trying to get a credit card. She said it smelled fishy, wanted to check. She did a thorough check of who I was, clearly who my mother was, you know, uh, other activity on, on the social security card. She did her job and called me and said, this is fishy. We didn't, we didn't process this. We didn't allow him to get an account, but you might want to do some follow-up on this. She gave me a bunch of stuff I needed to do. I needed to call TransUnion. I needed to call the uh, the other credit rating agencies. I needed to call the Social Security Administration, who put me in touch with the Federal Trade Commission, uh, where they gave me an affidavit and a, uh, a proof of uh, that I reported this fraud. And then uh, I had to get my credit report. I have to file a police report. Because some fucking criminal, some criminal asshole somewhere in Oakland, California, got hold of my social security number and my name. And I guess that's all it takes to get multiple lines of credit. So I called up TransUnion to put, told them to put alert, an alert on the account. I got my credit rating, uh, the full readout of it. And sure enough, there, there was a, a phony address on there, which also Barb told me when she called the guy to do follow up, the Mark Marin who was trying to get a credit card, he hung up on her. So she knew something was fishy, did her job. But then when I get my credit report, not only is the fake address on there with activity, but there are four banks, credit unions, where this guy's tried to open accounts and successfully opened one. God damn it, fuck this guy. This isn't funny, but I'm telling you, protect yourself against this shit. Get an alert, pay the 10 bucks a month to get uh, your your uh, information watched. I had to call my bank and make sure everything was okay there. I had to call my other credit cards and make sure everything was okay there. Put extra security measures on everything. I was on the phone. And then I just called these four or five credit unions that were listed as having transactions with me around the same date, about a week or two ago, two weeks ago. I alerted them to uh, this uh, dubiousness, this fucking criminal activity in my name. They were grateful, but it slipped by. One account got through, the guy opened an account and uh, provided some sort of identification, a utility bill, uh, some sort of uh, ID. So I guess what's happening, it's all done online. How how do you not process this shit? If you're a bank or someone is lending money, you will accept scans of IDs. Do you know how easy it is to falsify that shit? I alerted all these other credit, these credit unions. One of them was about to ship a credit card off to this dude. And if you're listening, you fuck. What the fuck? You asshole. Anyways, they were about to send this credit card out with a, with a huge line of credit based on my credit rating, which could still turn into shit. I don't know what this guy's up to. I've done everything I can, but it was about to go out tonight. The credit card was about to go out with a huge line of credit and who the fuck knows what would happen. They were able to cancel it. What a nightmare. And, you know, and I don't know. I, I don't know if it's over or not, but I did everything I could. But the point being, protect yourself, get some sort of alert on your credit, on your social, you know, so you know if someone's, if there's behavior going on. I didn't, and this couldn't, it could have gotten out of hand if it wasn't for Barb the Lake Michigan Credit Union doing her job. I got to send that woman some chocolates, perhaps a bouquet of flowers, doing her job, doing background check, finding me, finding my mother and doing the right thing. Completely grateful. 
What a nightmare. But you know, the one thing that, that I found disturbing about my own reaction to this was if I were a bigger name, he wouldn't have been able to do this. That, that was my feeling. It's like, would this happen to Chris Rock? Would it happen to, to, to Louis C.K.? You know, I mean, maybe some people where he tries to use this bogus credit card, this criminal asshole posing as me, they'll be like, oh, Mark Maron, the comedian. I guess all he would have to say is, yeah, it's weird. We got the same name. But protect yourself, people. That happened to me this morning. I'm not happy about it. It ate up my whole day. Watch your data back, will you? Man, scary shit. He could have bought a house. Anyway, let's go now to me talking to my uh, my pal Billy Wayne Dave. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. I think I had to, uh, you know, throughout my life, uh, you know, it was the only way I kept myself intact was to be defensive. But. Well, it's a, yeah. You know. I, I walk away. I've learned, like, if I get into that moment where I raise my voice, I walk away because I can feel myself getting hot. And then once I get to a certain level of being hot, I can't. It's like that thing on stage when someone says something and you just turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, and it, it's I'm cold. I just go cold and I'm just saying. Cold and hot. Yes. You go cold and then all of a sudden you are possessed yes. by this other thing. Who the fuck yes, are you? Yes, and I'm just taking it everything ever out on that person. And right. I know that person, so I know their buttons their insecurities and I'll say that and so now I just walk away because I'm like I don't mean to do that but, but let's talk about the stage thing because like they're, they're they're I mean I haven't done that in a while but it's always right there yeah like as soon as like you know I'm in my shit I'm open I'm doing my work you know and then one little thing and I'm like what the fuck yes. <laughs> and then like you know you sometimes you know I have lost it full on on an audience before. yeah well my girlfriend pointed out a month ago she said once you've stopped drinking you can she was like when you were drinking and you just had even a couple on stage and then that happened you were just full bore at that person and he, she was like now you have more fun with them and you're not gonna go and I was right like, it's a conversation yeah it's not yeah it's Whereas not before, like before it's like why would you interrupt what i'm doing and um, i still feel that way but now i know there's a more constructive way to sure like you're like what are you serious <laughs> yes is there more can I continue? It's, it's, it drives me, like, sometimes I can't sleep. I'll have a good set, and it's just, like, one person. 
It's like, well, what the fuck was up with that Why guy? Why did they come to the show? Right, right. And that's what you hold on to. Like, everything was good except for that. Yes. And, it's that and chasing of, the dragon shit. Yeah, yeah, right. It was, it was so close to perfect. It was so close. It's never perfect. Billy Wayne. Yes. Three names. Yeah. Billy Wayne Davis. Yeah. Did people call you Billy Wayne? When I you prefer. Were a kid? No, everyone uh, called me BW or Boo when I was BW up. or Boo. Yeah. That's some southern shit. It's yeah, you you think B- Billy Wayne's <laughs> as southern as you get and then you're like, "No, nah, I didn't even go by that." I went <laughs> BW's more southern. Yes. And, and then I went by that when I first started doing comedy and a BW couple, Davis? Yes. And then a couple people pointed out that were ahead of me like, "You should probably change that because when people see that they think you're a black comic." And then that happened a couple of times. I got booked at these. Why would they think that? Because a lot of black comics have just initials. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Especially in the South, that Southern. The Chitlin circuit? I, I didn't want to call it that, but that's what it is. Is that? I thought they call it that. I think so. But I'm, I'm very, un, with my accent, I'm very cautious about how I put things. Have you gotten into trouble? Not like a, on a grand scale, but definitely in situations, yeah. <laughs> like what? Just. I found when I moved to Seattle, like if I talked about race at all, I was handling people after the show. You were suspect. Yes, he's one of them. Yes, they're trying to figure me out. You can tell, and it was a lot of he me. He talks like one of them. Yes, it was a lot of me explaining the joke. Yeah. and what I was doing. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, and then and I noticed quick in Seattle too that there's not a lot of black people or people of color at all. It's just white people, so it's really easy to be progressive. Yeah, there is, but it's a neighborhood. You know, there's a black neighborhood. Well, that's and that's cracked me up because every everyone from Seattle was like, "Oh, that's the ghetto." I'm like, yeah. "No, that's a neighborhood that black people live in. Exactly. That's not a ghetto." Yeah, what is up with that? It's so strange. And, but yet you're the racist. Yes, because it, it, of my accent. Yes. Right, you have a racist accent. Yes, but I was I was the suspect, and I was like, "No, you guys, I've grown up around black people <laughs> more than most people have." Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's like. That that always fascinates me. I was talking to um, Nate yeah. Bargetsy yesterday, you know, and it's just that there there is a language and a a a, a sort of understanding uh, in the South that is much deeper and much different. And I'm not saying the racist thing, but they they have lived together. Yes, you have lived together for years. It's more. It's not the language. It's more of the tone. Right. In the South. Right, but but even but but despite that, and whatever evolving the South has done in certain pockets, which I think it has, there is a there it's more integrated in some weird way yeah. than most cities. Yes. Like the place where the racism was invented in this country is always more integrated than than any city. Like cities are structurally segregated. Yes. It, well, it's like Nate's joke about melting pot in New York City. He's like, it's not really, it's a bunch of pots that want to live next to pots <laughs> like themselves. Yeah. Like it's, they're not melting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that there's a there's an integrity to, to, uh, to the discourse down there that doesn't exist everywhere else because everyone else is just, we have no real experience yeah. uh, with, with cohabitation or, 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 or your ways, but we feel guilty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and and I think in the South there is that, and this sounds so strange to say, is like there's a lot of people that don't have that guilt because it's like we grew up poor. We my yeah. family didn't own slaves. <laughs> yeah, we 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 were borderline slaves ourselves. Yes, like I'm Irish. I came from slaves. Uh-huh. Kind of thing is like we were poor too. So well, we, that that really is what it is. It's a it's a class issue. 
Yeah. And you know, you get like and you get angry poor people fighting each other, and then rich people are like, Oh, look at that. Yes. Like, there's the problem. It's a racial problem. No, it's a poverty problem that you don't want to address. Yeah. And everybody you just let them fight it out. That's Memphis. <laughs> that is Memphis in a nutshell. <laughs> Memphis is crazy. Where'd you grow up? Uh Crossville, Tennessee. It's between Knoxville and Nashville. It's a little Mountain town, basically, it's on a plateau. And it, it, how many people in that town? I mean, what is that? I, I, I'm a little, I get a little fascinated with the South. I always, yeah. every time I'm there, I think it's amazing, and I'm just fascinated with it because I think there's more history there than almost anywhere yeah. in the country. And there's still more culture left, I think, in the South. Well, you mean like people who live real lives, the 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 indigenous people that have been there for generations, and I mean the indigenous by your family. Yes. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, still sort of function that way. Yeah. It, it's not been plowed under. It's not that suburb, right. best buy right. kind of. I mean, right. it's starting to happen, but yeah. it's not. There's still, like, people living that life and who they are and who, where little, they came a, from. A little off the grid. Yeah, the new, and, the and, new, the yeah. newly established grid of like you know where, where what are you where are you shopping? Yeah, yeah. like well, we still go down to, to Joe's place. Yeah, like my grandparents drove to Rockwood, which is the town next to, <laughs> because one? they because the road when they were growing up was better to go to Rockwood than the, but they lived in our county for groceries, and for whatnot. groceries and every like the drugstore and everything. God, and it, back even back when people all Americans sort of had jobs and you kind of knew the guy that did the car, you knew the guy that knew did everybody, the, knew the, everyone that worked at the restaurant. You went to the same. I guess it was Dillard's or whatever it was. Sure, Dillard's at the mall. Yeah, with, with it was. It stores. wasn't even like a in the mall. It was just like a downtown. This, yeah, just a three story building. That and in, in the ten store downtown area. Yes, and there's a burger barn. That I still remember. Burger barn. Yes. Uh, Rockwood is actually where Megan Fox was born. Mm. She grew up there till the fifth grade, and I was like, yeah. And she got out of there. That's why she's famous. Because <laughs> someone that hot still living there would be pregnant. Nine times already, because the big redneck dude finished found her when yeah. she was fifteen, and and, uh, and and emotionally pummeled her, if not physically, into submission. It's a it's a give and take with both. <laughs> so, well, what what was the town? What was the what was the the racket? What was your family doing? Uh, both my parents are teachers. Oh, really? And uh, my mom's an English teacher. My dad's a uh, history and PE teacher. But he's mostly a football coach, is, is what he does. Uh, I use teacher with air quotes. He's the teacher. So that's what they needed him for. I'm sure, yeah, they needed another teacher, but he's... They need, they need a coach, I mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he, that's what he's done. And, like, my mom wants to retire, and my dad's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm going to coach football till they find me dead on the football field. He and loves it? He loves football, yeah. Like, he worked his way up. He was a... Head, high school football? Yeah, loves it. Had opportunities to go coach college and stuff. Really, never cared about. He likes coaching high school kids because he likes the the fact that they're teachable and that you know they're they're raw talent and that is not it's not. I wouldn't say anyone from my hometown has raw talent or teachable. But yeah, that's true. There may be a couple of them. He can structure them to work longer. In yeah. The, but I but I mean it must be somewhat exciting to 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 not have the pressure. You know, I guess there probably is pressure in regional high school football. In but. Tennessee, yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, he he was the head coach for a couple years. Of the high school team? Yeah. The head coach? He became the head coach and uh, was doing really well. They were like undefeated one year or like almost undefeated. And the yeah. next year they were really good. Yeah. And then I called my mom one day and she was like, oh, uh, by the way, your dad just quit coach being the head coach. 
just said it nonchalant. I was like, whoa, 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 why? So I called him and he was like, I didn't get to coach. All I'm doing is dealing with dumbass parents and politics. He was oh. like, and I got in this to coach. He was like, being the head coach is not coaching. It's just this. He's it's, like, I couldn't imagine it's being. It's a political position. Yeah. He, the, he was like, I'm just dealing with assholes every day. I know people who, in academia of any kind, that once you're the, the department head, then you, you're just, uh, then you got to deal with all the other people's problems. Yeah. Yeah. You're, he you're hated the, it. Yeah. You're the, the, the representative yeah. of the team. Why isn't my kid uh, starting? Yeah, it was a right. lot of that, and like, we donated a copier, he should be playing a little more, and he's like, well, he's got two left feet, sir, and he's mostly autistic. We donated a copier. I mean, that's probably a real thing, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, especially a small town, and then they all have these delusions. I of fixed grandeur. your car! That's a lot, yeah, like, I gave you that paint to paint your hood, that's a real <laughs> thing, that's a real thing that happened, my dad still hasn't had the car painted but he has the paint yeah that's uh, fucking hilarious so then so then he became what the assistant coach is that how that works he just dropped down he liked coaching running backs in the defense so that's he likes coaching he doesn't yeah. like dealing with assholes well how'd he do with you how was that how was the uh, at-home coaching there was there were especially in high school there was a couple times there was just screaming on the field did you go to the school mm-hmm. and you played on his team yeah Oh my God! It's I didn't like have bad a choice. There's only one school, but and you probably didn't have a choice but to play. Either. Well, that's the thing. I didn't care for football until I because I wasn't. I I was a late bloomer, so I just played because my dad loved it. I love baseball. You got brothers and sisters. I have two younger sisters who are better natural athletes than me, which is very frustrating. But they, but they can't play football, right? No, no. I mean, I'm not saying that in a sexist way. Is it available to them to play? I mean, yet? they could have tried, but I don't think they had any desire. What were they? What were they doing? My sister's an amazing golfer. Golf. And my dad loves that, so that worked out for them. So he got one, at least. And then my <laughs> other sister, uh, she played basketball, I guess, and then soccer. She hated soccer. And but, you're the oldest? Yeah. You're the boy? Yeah. Pressure's on? There was a, Yeah, there was a lot of... Well, that's growing up, I realized, I was like, what the hell? Like, why do I have to be perfect? But then, because <laughs> my mom was really hard on me, and then she had more understanding about the girls, and I was like, they're fucking assholes. Yeah. So it was just a weird dining. It was just me and my dad, and then my grandmother lived beside us. In a house? Yeah, in another house beside us. Yeah. Whose mother? Uh, my mom's mom. Uh-huh. And then my uh, dad's parents lived about two miles down the road on a farm. They did? Yeah, so I would uh, I would go to the farm a lot. I got to go. Was yeah. That, was that where you earned it? But no, what, when you got angry or you needed to run off or you about to well, Yeah, get... I was either in a gym or just by myself somewhere because there's because women are manipulative from uh -huh. the start. Uh -huh. And then you get two and yeah. then they know all your... Who, your sisters? Yeah, just constant fucking picking at me. Like like what? It's like a relationship. It's like... It's a relationship that has no benefits. None. No, no, no fun benefits. <laughs> no, no, uh... Just they can help you pick a, the right girl or something. Uh huh. Uh, but yeah, it's like a relationship where they'll just pick at you very calmly until you explode, and then you're, they're just like, "Wow, why are you acting crazy?" And you're like, "You just did that for like a day and a half." Uh, so it was a lot of setup, or they'd hit. Once they learned that they can hit me, and I couldn't hit them back. That was really that was a nightmare year. Um, what? So uh, I'm, I see. I'm still like, they're part of my brain just walks into this thing. So they pick and they pick and they pick until you pop, and they're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Wait. Which is, as I got older, I realized it's pretty funny from their point of view just to pick at someone well, until I've they done lose that. Their mind. Yeah, and I have too. 
dudes in my high school that we used to fuck with all the time. But that's how comedian starts. Yes, it is like, oh, I can, I know his dick. Where, where are my limits here? And it's probably made me more difficult in relationships because I, I do see what women are doing more than I think most do. All right, look, I don't, I don't want to get into generalizations, but I mean, I guess the best men just suck it up. That's my dad. He's an amazing man. He's an amazing man. And as I get older, I see some of the stuff he puts up with. I'm like, that is amazing that he just. So you're impressed by it as opposed to like, you're going to take that shit? I mean, there was probably a period in like when my marriage was when I realized it was unraveling. I needed to get out. Yeah. So I was about 26, 20, I would say 27, 28. Yeah. That I would look at my dad and be like, why the fuck are you taking that bullshit? Yeah. But then, like, the grander aspect is... Well, he's then, still married. Yes, they're still married. <laughs> yeah. They've, they're they very happy, mm-hmm. you know? My mom's a little... Uh, she's a strong woman, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Um, <laughs> a very opinionated, strong woman. It's scary as fuck. What um, does that mean? I, well, my grandpa, uh, her dad died when she was 14. Yeah. She had two younger siblings, so she helped raise them. Right. And then had me when I was 21 because all she wanted was a when family. When she was 21. Yeah. Yeah. Planned and everything, which is... And they were married? Yeah. They'd been married like less than a year or something like that. Uh-huh. I think they were married before she got pregnant. Uh-huh. I think. I don't know. Which I've never is, done uh, the math. Is that, is, that a, is that common in the South? I think so. I think, <laughs> I think it didn't... Uh, I'm sorry. See, that was when those, I got married. One of those generalizations. It, it's very common. Yeah, especially a small town. Well, no, like, but I mean, like that. No, what is it common that people are actually married when they get pregnant? That's I don't a, think now. No, <laughs> yeah. I think then. Yeah. Oh, you did it. You know, there was a there was a rule book. Well, they grew up down the street from each other, kind of thing. My that's, mom's a year older. That's sort of sweet, right? It's amazingly sweet, and has ruined me. I think in society today. Because I know it works. I've seen yeah. it work. And most people don't think it works. Yeah. So I have this almost expectation of like, no, this can work. I think I stayed in my first marriage a lot longer than I should have. Yeah. Because I wanted it to work. And so your mom's tough. Yeah. And she doesn't take any shit. Well, that yeah, she's a teetotaler, too. Uh, oh, she's sober. Completely. I mean, I think her- Dry or sober? I, th- yeah, like, I think, uh, no, well, her and my dad have, like, drinks from time to time when they want to go have fun. Uh-huh. But nothing, I mean, it's only with my dad. I've only seen my mom, she's only drank with me, like, twice. She's fun as hell when she drinks. Yeah. I could see why she shouldn't drink. Uh. She's definitely got the gene. Uh, <laughs> Would you, she'd get uh, uh, angry? She'd uh, get a... Well, you, you, uh, it's like, oh, really you fun. are holding back. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. You're yeah. like, that's funny. I'm glad it's not at me. Yeah. But, so how do you end up so fucked up? I don't know. Like, I have, like, great parents, a great support system. Um, I wanted to play baseball. That was my whole... That's what did it? That was my... You got, f- you got bullied into football by your dad. Well, no, and I played college baseball. You so, did? Yeah, and my dad knew that football was, like, something I just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got good at it, so it was fun. Billy Wayne Davis, that's a that's a baseball player's name. Yeah. Yeah, that, a lot of scouts <laughs> like my name more than my ability. That's very true. Uh, so, you went, so you did all right in high school because you had to? Mostly, yeah. And then you went to college where? I played junior college baseball for two years. Yeah. Volunteer State. Uh, we're the number one team in 
junior college, which I like to say, to quote my friend Dan Whitehurst, is like having the biggest dick in third grade. <laughs> it's pretty cool, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I played with guys that went and played professionally, and we were really good, and that's when I learned, oh, I, I can't. Can't make it. I, I don't have You don't the, have the skill. I had I could I had enough talent, yeah. but I didn't have the the drive those guys did. My like, brother had, was up against that in tennis, where he just realized, like you know, he doesn't he, he has to work twice as hard, yeah, as guys who naturally have it. And you have to make a decision if you don't if you're not natural, are you going to make you know is it worth it to make the cut? What's it going to take? That's it. And yeah. in, in these guys, like I, I also realized that I'd always switch sports, yeah, and these guys play baseball all year what was your position i was a catcher which really is rough on your body but i'd get bored playing any other position yeah because you're just standing out there it's mostly fucking standing there right and the catcher you gotta you gotta be on top i mean of yeah yeah they're literally throwing the ball to you every time <laughs> uh i like that part of it i like yeah. the aggression part of it uh but yeah the, these guys their desire was much more than mine i was like i was already in community i had a radio show at the community college which i was having way more fun then yeah than going to hitting a fucking ball what kind of radio show it was just a fucking uh morning it was a morning show oh really uh 88.5 the and, college station yeah you're doing a morning show yeah. drive, drive time i guess yeah it was a lot of <laughs> i would play stuff like from goose creek symphony and the band and because i knew the guy that ran the station wasn't listening right it was like four, five in the morning right so i would just play music i liked yeah and uh, like Sunvolt and Wilco yeah, and yeah, stuff like that. The, yeah. And so I started getting like regular listeners, but they would be truckers that right. had this route. Right. That only they, that loved what I played because yeah. it was like Bob Seger and stuff right, like that. Right. So they were like, "This guy," and then I'd just say dumb shit. So that was who that was my listenership: the baseball team and, and truckers that had a certain route in town. Yeah, not not too far out. Yeah, of the they, yeah, they weren't long haul haul yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, yeah they, they were driving the the Mayfield dairy truckers, yeah, like that. Yeah, because <laughs> they were up. Yeah, they were just, and they just found you. And, and were you being funny? Did you have a guy with you or what? It was just me, and I would just, I got in trouble because I was supposed to read the news, and I would make fun of the news because I listened to Howard Stern. And I was like, that's what he does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I ended up getting a B in the class because I wouldn't stop making fun of the news. They wanted you just to be a news reader, yeah, when they, necessary. It was I know what they were they were teaching me how to do all the certain parts, to be a broadcaster, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna be a broadcaster. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm not losing this accent anytime. I just took that phonetics class. It's not going away. I got a D. <laughs> what? A, so when did the comedy start? Um, well, I went to Western Kentucky. For a couple years. College? Anyway. Or no, just... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Western Kentucky University in Bowling Green. It was actually cheaper because I lived on a border state when I went to junior college. It was cheaper for me to go to in-state in Kentucky than it was See, 40 minutes from my house to go to the University of Tennessee. I have no sense of uh, of, of place uh, in, in most parts of the country, but I mean... When you go to Kentucky from Tennessee, are you like, no, nah, fuck, I'm in Kentucky now? Yeah. <laughs> what 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 did what distinguishes the two from each other? There's a uh, Kentucky has like an attitude. Oh, really? It's kind of like, well, I think there's more old money there. Uh huh. And then they, one of the funniest things I ever saw was I was in Louisville, Kentucky, 
and uh this dude was on the square holding the rebel flag saying the we will rise again. We will rise again. And I just rolled down. I pulled up and rolled down the window. And I was like, dude, you guys fought for the north. Yeah. <laughs> you need yeah. to go south a little ways. Yeah. <laughs> and he just looked very confused. And I was like, yeah, you, you didn't fight for the Confederacy. And he just drove on. And my buddy's like, why did you do that? And I was like, I just wanted to mess his day up. I bet you did. You can just reevaluate his whole life. So I don't think he realized that, yeah, I think that's. There's a lot of old money, all that whiskey. It's just shady. Everything justified. It's a very accurate show. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't. I haven't watched it. Yeah, and I noticed basketball is a big deal there. Like in Tennessee, football is a big deal. And I just think there's something. But what about that sort of that 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 Southern style of 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 kind of uh, ignorance? I mean, how much do you come up against that? I mean, I mean, obviously it wasn't in your family. I don't. I wouldn't. I I don't know if your your family is progressive necessarily, but they were teachers. Yeah, I would definitely say. Even to this day, they were just here. They can't stop playing devil's advocate. Uh-huh. Your so, folks? Yeah. Uh-huh. So even stuff, like my dad loves listening to uh, uh, right-wing radio. Yeah. And he drives, and he doesn't believe any. He's like, I just like listening to the enemy. Yeah. Seeing what they're thinking. I was like, and I'll just sit there. I'm like, we've got to turn this off. Yeah. He, he enjoys the, uh, the hate buzz. Yeah. And he's like, I just like knowing what they think. And yeah. And I was like, yeah, but... <laughs> pretty simple he's like yeah but you gotta know how they're doing it and stuff and i was like when, when they come at you yeah he's just a football i mean he was yeah. probably a general in his other life uh-huh. somewhere because uh-huh. that's how he thinks he's a big civil Strategy. war buff yeah. is he a civil war buff huge it's it's annoying almost and he plans on he's like when i retire i'm gonna go do the the reenactments he's that's what he's gonna do for his retirement job not as a job i think just go do it just, he, who's he want to play? I, I haven't asked which side he wants to be on. I don't want to know. <laughs> As a Civil War buff, does that mean he dragged you to Vicksburg? And I've been to Vicksburg. I've been to Chickamauga. I've been all over. Yeah, that was definitely a detour on a lot of our vacations. We got to go see the battlefield. Yeah, which there's something strangely peaceful about all of them too. Well, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting. It, the, the thing that always interested me was that you know there were these divisions in families and communities that you know they would fight for a few hours and then you know when uh, when the general called time, they'd go over and eat with each other. Yeah, I, that to me is just insane. It was the bloodiest fucking war in the world. I mean, it, 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 when you look at the numbers of people that died in that war, it's insane. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. Hundreds of thousands. I well, think. and I think that's why the SEC is so good at football and such a big because that is still ingrained in that kind of... There's regional conflict. Almost manners involved in uh-huh. the conflict, too. Like when they poisoned somebody's trees, like an Alabama fan poisoned some famous trees in Auburn. Like, even Alabama fans were upset, like, no, no, we don't do that. <laughs> oh, right, it's, right. It's kind of like... They're not with us. Yeah, we'll punch them in a bar, but we're yeah, not gonna... Yeah. That's, Kill trees. That's yeah. just come on. Yeah, that's uh, uh that's a not fair play. Have some cooth. Yeah, yeah. And then you're, res- like, well, you're right. pissing while you're talking to me. Right, yeah, right. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't hurt somebody's tree. So, so you you grew up sensing that 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 the uh, that there is still a, a competitive element between uh, the union and the Confederacy. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like it's there's a great. Mark Twain quote I I recently read about travel ruins uh-huh. all sense of you know bigotry and all uh-huh. that and 
and it really does. Like you just learn, like, oh no, most people are awful. Yeah, that's what I learned. I really, I, I don't want to. I, I always want to go the other way. I, I, I always want to believe that most people. Yeah, there, there's an okay dude in there. Oh yeah, definitely okay. Yeah, that's why. Like I can sit in a bar in Tennessee and just hear the most awful stuff because I'm like, that dude would help anybody. Right. He's just an. You sort of have to make weird kind of exceptions. Sort of like, yeah, yeah, he's a little like that but yeah but he's all right yeah well it's we do that with comics all the time I, I know. there's tons yeah. of comics that like if you met just in another walk of life you'd be like that is an awful terrible person but you're like he's one of my best friends he's <laughs> fucking great i know he's gonna touch you in a weird way but you just gotta ignore that he doesn't it's a spectrum thing i guess you learn how to tolerate things and as long as it's you know not uh illegal yeah or, <laughs> Or, yeah, too, someone's too hurt. Up. Yeah, someone's hurt badly. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess that's true. I think that's true about comics is that we're all kind of, you know, uh, broken toys of one kind or another. And you're kind of like, yeah, he's a little off. But Yeah, and I'm drawn to the people that are kind of the most broken. Right, and I, I don't know that we necessarily get too close. You know, I, I think no. that there's this weird openness to all of it where it's, you know, there's still a, an understanding. You know, I don't... I, I, and there's a lot of, like, we can be open... Yeah. But if you if I get open about you, yeah. you're like, hey, Here. no, you can't. Yeah, and that was like, between us. Yeah, that's why we're not having that conversation again. Yeah, like, no, I can say that I'm a shitty person. You <laughs> can't say that. But, okay, so you're in Kentucky. Uh, yeah, um, I uh, joined a fraternity, which I really bought into the, they really sold me hard on the beer and pussy thing. Yeah. And I was like, this is exactly what I want. Cause this is what I, was, I need. I can see the future in this. Yes. Like, yeah. for two years, I was just... Uh, fucking meathead yeah playing sports mm-hmm. in a small town so i was like this yeah and then i got into it and i was like oh this is awful um it didn't hurt that the guy that got me in the fraternity was an actor who he's been on Mad Men and all this stuff like oh yeah he's out here yeah his name is matt long he's a really good actor uh-huh. uh and i liked him so he kind of got me and then he just disappeared after that what do you mean uh, he got a play and then he was gone. Yeah, that next semester. So he was like, and I was just with these dudes from Kentucky that had money, drinking, drinking, and yeah. then they just had a different outlook than I did. So it's interesting though when you when you are from a certain class of people and then you're you you realize like oh these people don't give a fuck. They're, nothing's ever going to go wrong. I, I was in a weird denial that people were different. That class was that different. That it didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't, I don't think I wanted wanted it to. Yeah, yeah. You want to be like we're all the same. Yeah. yeah until really, when it came down to it, no, you're not really. No, we're yeah, not. Yeah, I'm going to be okay forever. I don't know what's going to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. There's a very like yes. <laughs> yeah, Just, yeah. That that and that opened my eyes to some stuff. And then these guys were already set yeah, too. They right. already knew what their life was and all this stuff. And I was still trying to figure stuff out and just drinking were you the were you the crazier of the bunch oh definitely i uh because usually the guy that that's sort of the 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 guy from the outside it's like they all like to watch him yes they're very much give billy booze yeah right and he'll make the party happen uh until i would go too far or call them out on some bullshit Uh uh-huh and then i was yeah fights were there fist fights some most of most of the guys were pussies though are you a fighter though not really have you have I? Yeah. 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 I mean, I was an athlete too, so like 
I was always kind of good at it because I was an athlete, and I but I never understood. Like in high school, dudes wanted to fight me because I would date their ex girlfriend or something. I'd be like, "Why don't we just go play basketball? It's the same. We'll just prove who's more athletic." Say stuff like that to them, and then you could just see it on their face. Well, what? But we're supposed to. Yeah, let's just hit each other. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't. That proves nothing. It just proves that I'm better at hitting. But then I, my parents always told me you never start a fight, but you never walk away from one either. They taught you that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I was in a couple fights. And a couple of times I wasn't in fights. I just got punched because I deserved it. Oh, yeah? Just, yeah. I, I got a lot of fuck you in me. And then you had booze in that. I'm just going to say stuff that I've already perceived that you've done. Yeah. And sometimes they hadn't done that. Like what? Just walking up to a drunk guy. Yeah. Bigger guy, yeah. talking to some girl, yeah, showing off for my friends, and yeah. I'll say something to his girl, yeah. I was gonna, Tom and Bowling Green, the dude just turned around and popped me. He didn't lay me out, but I just, <laughs> you I got the point real quick. Was like, uh yeah, and I smiled at him. I was like, I'm sorry. He's like, All right, we're cool. <laughs> that was a that's a cool thing about the South and fighting though. It's like after it's over, like we're buddies again. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. probably closer friends now. So there's a moment where you're like, yeah, I, I, I had that coming. Yeah, like okay. when it it was like that slow motion of like, oh, he's gonna, yep, <laughs> take it. Hey, yeah, there's no, yeah, you can't duck at that yeah, point. Cause yeah. I just probably said something very dirty to the girl he was talking just to. Just because you want to start shit. Yeah, yeah. All right, so all right, so you're in this fraternity house and you drink him, and you're the mascot. You're the 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 drunk mascot. There was another guy we were competing. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a yeah. He was very funny too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You put us together. It was a good time. But when did you decide to to do comedy? What inspired that business? Um, I was taking all these communications classes. I was watching a ton. Of, I've always been a fan of stand up. My parents were always a fan of sitcoms and you know uh-huh. reading yeah. and yeah, yeah. my mom always preached timing she liked people with good timing yeah um so I, I had that background in it my dad always bragged about watching the first snl he had richard Pryor albums and stuff. oh yeah that's good cheech and chong yeah oh yeah yeah cheech and chong um and then i was all my speeches were funny yeah and I liked being funny. And then this one you girl. You took a speech writing class or a debate uh, thing or what? Uh, speech writing, speech analysis, uh-huh. all the advanced public speaking. I did all that. I, oh, okay. I could have a major in communications right now, but I did a split business major because that's what my. But you focused on speech and then what you'd have to write speeches and read them for the class. Yeah, we or... studied Clinton. Oh, really? We studied him redefining the word he is uh-huh. and just a lot of his techniques. He's fascinating. Like, what are some techniques of speech writing? Um,. Well, not really speech right because uh, the the best technique is to write for their strengths. Okay. When with Clinton, yeah, he's just so charismatic, yeah, that a lot of it was like a shale. I, I imagine it looked like a Reno nine one one script yeah. where it's like, okay, this is the main point. Oh right, right, right. Like improvising. Billy. But what was the idea when you took those classes? I know a lot of people just do communications because they don't know what else they're going to fucking do. That was my, basically, I knew I was good at speaking in front of people from high school and stuff. How, why? Why you, would you speak in front of people in high I school? I was uh, in student council and then- uh, You did that shit? Yeah. What, your dad tell you to do that? No, uh, we got an extra credit uh-huh. and then uh, we got these t-shirts that said student council and had staff on the back uh-huh and that was like a free pass to do whatever the fuck you wanted like teachers did not oh really so yeah like it, you're like future leaders of america these guys and it was like a cool thing in our school it wasn't like 
the nerdy. It was like a right the the cool seniors and juniors. When so I was you a were freshman. a jock and a student counselor. Yeah, I was like a li- liaison. That's why this nerd thing irritates me because yeah. they're getting too powerful yeah. and they're getting way too cocky. Yeah, because I was like a liaison between the nerds and the jocks. Because uh-huh. I took you know I had interest in english and history and uh-huh. reading and all yeah. that because my mom and then yeah. i w- lived in this jock world because yeah. i was an athlete right so, so i was never comfortable in either so i was going back and forth and you were the funny guy so like i i know what that's like you, you could speak to both you you, you were yeah. intermediary you you weren't locked in to being a dick yeah and i you couldn't yeah locked into being you know uh socially awkward but the nerds i found were bigger dicks well, but that, but back then, I mean, I don't know how old you are. How old are you? 33. Well, you know, I, I mean, there was a time where you know, nerds in, in, in high school when I was younger, they, they, they could only hang around themselves and they were socially you know, awkward and they, you know, a lot of them liked to play chess and D&D yeah. and they were really good at math and they just didn't, they were like a different, from a different culture. Yeah. Like I didn't have anything against them, but it, it, they always impressed me in a certain way. But they were not socially easy. No, they weren't. No, you're right. <laughs> yes, and they. I think they brought a lot on them that they couldn't. Like my, I have a cousin. He's twelve. He has Aspergers. Uh huh. And I think he's hilarious, but he's also he has that weird where he's a dick. Yeah. But right. doesn't realize he's a dick. Right. And I see that in like friends I had in high school that were like, oh, they probably had. They didn't realize they were being a dick, and then they get this anger that everyone's with dick back to them. Right. Like, but you're being an asshole first. Yeah, they don't. They don't necessarily know because their brains are preoccupied. Well, yeah. Why, why would I have social grace when this? I, I put this in and this in yeah, and, I've, and I've, get this. Right. Right. I've got. Yeah. I'm working on a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's what I want to tell all the nerds now. Like, you guys need to ease up. <laughs> well, they're they're the dominant uh, cultural uh, defining thing now yeah and now there's a lot of people that aspire to that somehow but i mean and there's a lot of people that just dress the part yeah but i mean i've had conversations with people about what true nerdism is and it's really an almost um uh it's an an obsessive interest uh in something and and uh, it defines who you are well, I think that's why I've related to nerds too. But you but you got have... the other thing. You've got the weird kind of you know the thing that makes comics different is that uh, before everything else there is charm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh like you know, I think I could probably resolve this just by being me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let me I got this. Yeah, yeah. I got this. Let me talk to him. Give me if I'm not back in 2 minutes you should come get me though. <laughs> yeah, it's just this this other thing is that we don't want to do that other work. No. We're going to be okay at shit. Yeah. But, but you know, we'll get by because, you know, we'll do it good enough to get in, and then it's just sort of like we're hanging out. That's definitely why having a manager now helps me tremendously, because it is like that was most of my career. I was like, I got it. Yeah, It'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. just call them. It'll yeah, be yeah. Fine. Oh, yeah. They, they were mad at me. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. they were? Why? Yeah. Oh, because I didn't do the thing I told them I would do. Right. No, yeah. you need to, yeah, yeah, and also the the you you should just do what you do and what the managers and the club owners do what they do. All right, so here you are, you're the liaison, and then but but okay, so you're in Kentucky and you you, oh, you got I, your chops doing the speech thing, so you're watching yeah. comedy. What, what, so a lot of me entertaining at parties, and um, this girl I was dating at the time said you need to go do an open mic. Because I was depressed, she noticed that I was depressed. I didn't realize I was depressed. There were days that I wouldn't just, I just drink and then not get out of bed. Is and that then, uh, depression or alcoholism? 
It was depression because I wasn't. I wouldn't. I was never an everyday drinker. Right. I was ever, ever, never. I mean, I would. I probably went on a couple uh-huh. binges where yeah. it'd be like five or six days of just like let's do this. Yeah. But that was a lot of on the road too. Sure. So I was. You're supposed to. I was still doing stuff. Like yeah. then, I would just lay there right. for two days in between drinking. And she thought that somehow or another, an open mic would resolve. She goes, "You need, to, you need to see if you can do this." Hey, you, oh, you'd been talking about it. Yeah. So you were obsessed with it, and you didn't have the balls. Yeah. Or just yeah, or even the thought process to be like, "Oh, I, sh- I could pursue it." You know, I didn't know how. I thought I'll move to Chicago and do Second City. Yeah. And stand up was never. I never thought about that. Yeah. And then she and I went and called Zanies and had a month. Wrote in Nashville. Yeah, wrote yeah. five minutes, and uh, we broke up in that month. Which so there's a few more minutes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got hasn't got that material now. Yeah, I probably hung on to that for four or five years. Her breaking up with me in that time frame. Oh, the oh really? In, yeah. in terms of resenting her. Yeah. And but then eventually realized like no she that's what she was. That was what we were supposed to do. It's you like, got to start thinking about life like that. Yeah, that I mean, that's one of these weird keys to things. You, 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 there's no time for regret or spite huh. over something that didn't go right. Eventually, you got to be like, "Well, I did get this out of it." Yeah, and I've learned to ask certain questions about people. Yeah, but also like, like she, she told me she was bipolar six months in a relationship. Yeah, that's something you should lead with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, well, I don't know if you should lead with it, but certainly within the first I week would, or yeah, two. Yeah, like if, if after two weeks you're like, this may continue, by the way, I may have massive mood swings. Yeah, but also she she uh, got you to do comedy for yeah. the first time. and I remember doing it and doing well because the guy on before me was awful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I remember throwing up before. Really? And I'd seen that growing up. People do that before sports and stuff. I always thought it was, I was like, that's bullshit. What are they? They're so dramatic. Yeah. And I was so nervous, I threw up. And then that made me more nervous that you could get that nervous. And I was getting that nervous. Wow. And so, but as soon as I stepped on stage, I was fine. Yeah. That went away. And I did well. And then a cat said, hey, there's this open mic on Tuesdays. We do every week. You don't have to bring people like Zanies and all that stuff. So you made an impression on the micer community. Yeah, it was a guy named Landon Lyon. But that's like, but that's the biggest deal. And like, when a lot of young comics are like, "Why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I?" Because you've got to impress the other comics. Yeah, right out of the gate. Yeah, you got to show them something different, or at least within a month or two, the other guys who have got their shit little tight community and they know the things, they've got to go like, "Yeah, we'll let him in." Yeah, that, that guy's all right. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't have if that dude wouldn't have told me. I probably wouldn't have seeked out. I would have probably just kept that monthly. Right. Right. thing, but he was like, oh, there's this Tuesday This guy's thing. cool. See where the charm paid off? Yeah, it was. It really was. Yeah, you're right. And then I remember getting off stage and going like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and then like maybe three months later, I was <laughs> telling my out? parents, telling my parents, they actually asked me, they're like, so do you want to drop out? And I was like, how did you, like, you're just, you're yeah. miserable. Yeah. And all you talk about is this. Yeah. And I was like, I have a good GPA. I can go back. So I told him in seven years if I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Seven. Wow. You're, you're I was like, 21. All right. I knew enough about it at that point to be like, it's going to take this long to at so least. So you were pretty obsessed with it. Yeah. And you told your parents you were doing it. And, yeah. And they were probably concerned at first. I don't think they were. No, that's good. Um, I had a decent little job. Yeah. What Doing what? 
at the UPS store. Uh-huh. It's very interesting. Because yeah. there's just people coming in and out. You get to see what they get. It yeah. was fucking great. And it I was? could do it stoned. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> one day I showed up drunk. Yeah. They what didn't you, care. What do you mean you could see what they get? You see what people are buying and shipping. Oh, yeah? There's like private mailboxes there. Like, how, like, how do I ship this? Well, yeah. Well, I learned how to pack stuff and then just like, just you could tell a lot about people's personalities. That's and a stuff. practical skill, knowing how to pack things. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's people don't have it no i know yeah. and it's weird like when i'm like no you need to do this and this and people are like how the hell i'm yeah. like it's just something i did yeah picked I, up along the way yeah, i can cook a steak too yeah thanks outback so you work there too yeah oh wow that was a no mom and pop organizations for you no not really <laughs> i just went in bowling green i just went and i was like what restaurant makes the most money the steakhouse yeah and then i just went there so you can cook a steak. Yeah, I can cook a steak pretty good. Yeah. I was a server, but I learned how, that, that's what I wanted to learn how to do. Cook so, a steak. Yeah, and that's what I learned how to so do. So you can pack shit, you can cook a steak, and you know that, uh, you know, if you're dating a bipolar person, they should tell you. Yes. Up front. You can throw a ball or two, a few different types. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can hit them. Yeah. yeah. You can write a speech. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat. <laughs> you, you know how much you can and can't drink, kind of? None. Yes. <laughs> I can drink none. That's that's it took me about a decade to learn that that I should drink. How many arrests? Three or four? Uh huh. Uh, two I would say were my fault. Uh, Oh really? Yeah. One I don't want to. It's still pending. No, it's not pending. Uh It's just uh, it's it was terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was the it was the end. Oh yeah, the marriage. So oh oh yeah. I don't want to. Oh really? We're not. Yeah, talking? we're yeah we're uh, me and her at a really good place now. <laughs> so, me bringing up stuff like that not going to help anything. Nothing. Yeah, it, it can only do damage at this point. Uh huh. So everything's cool. Everything's pretty cool. As yeah. cool as it, I think it's ever. She's be. back in uh, where is she? She moved. She lives here now. Oh, so that's why your folks are out because of the kid. Yeah, and then the, I think they were just interested in Los Angeles. They never here. been here. Mm-mm. Really? Mm-mm. Where'd you take them? Uh, my dad took my mom to Venice Beach because he'd been here once before with me, and I took him to Venice, and he, you like it's it? perfect for, you so know, watch people and yeah, eat. and then be like, "This is L.A. They yeah, yeah. got people crazy." I'm yeah. like, it kind of it yeah, is yeah, a yeah. good dichotomy of L.A. I guess well, it's the only it's one of the few places in L.A. where there are people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah, walking around. Well, and then I took him through where ch- the Chinese theater was. Sure, and I was going to stop On Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, and so my, you took him to Hollywood Boulevard yeah. in Venice Beach. And my mom was like, "This is like a mall. I don't care." And I was like, "That's okay. It, it is now." And then I, I was like, "Dad, I can take you to the Hollywood sign." He was like, "No, I saw it from the interstate. I'm good." I was like, "I guess that is." And then they're done. That's pretty much. I mean, I get took some it, Mexican food. Yeah. Okay. Across the street from our place. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was about it. I mean, they're so great, my parents. They just want to help out, and they're not like hipsters. They don't want to go do, you know, yeah, eat yeah. at a restaurant. That doesn't fascinate them. just want to hang out with you and the kid. And yeah, and just... How old's the kid? He's four and a half. All right, so let's get back to it. So you start doing comedy at Zanies, and then, you know, what, you just stayed in, in Nashville? Yeah. Um, I just started living on a couch. A buddy, open micer yeah. buddy, him and his girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, I lived on a couch for eight months and worked at a restaurant in Nashville. And if I wasn't doing stay, if I wasn't on stage, I was at Zany's just sitting in the back watching. And that was my whole life was just figuring out how to do it and just drinking 
when we weren't doing that, trying out drugs, uh-huh. listening to comedy and comedy and comedy. That's you it. Know. That's a, that's the life right there. Yeah. It, no other world. Not going to write. Not going to do sketches. No. Sit in the back of Zanies. Going to drink for you know probably half for free. Yeah. 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 And uh, and watch dudes do this, and then go out after. And then talk about comedy more. Yeah, and then yeah. drink. And then bug like Jake Johansson and people that yeah. want to hang out and be like, well, how did you? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then Jake be like, hey, just ease up. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't offended. I mean, I probably was a little bit like, oh, my God, I was scared. And then like probably a couple of years later, I was like, he was really nice about that. Yeah. yeah he handled that very nice. I was probably <laughs> awful what I was because I was drunk and very aggressive and passionate. Yeah. How long did it take you to get up to headlining? Probably uh, five or six years. Yeah. Because when did I work with you? You were featuring for me? Yeah. Yeah. That was... Uh, yeah, you're one of them strong features. You're well, that's... It took seven and, a half, seven and a half years to get feature work at Zany's. Uh-huh. Like, but I was already right. headlining, like, the other, B-rooms and the, stuff. Right, right, right. That's, then, a, that's the funny thing. It's like, people are like, I was headlining B-rooms. I'm like, yeah, you're what they could afford. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll headline for the same amount I featured for. Well, that's... Well, and I was making a little more, but, like... That's the thing. Like they just saw me forever. Yeah, as that goofy MC that came in. Well, that well, that's the problem with like everybody has with their home clubs. Yeah, it's like they won't fucking headline you unless you know you go away. That's why I had to move to Seattle for six years. That's where you went. Yeah. How how many years into comedy were you? I was about three and a half in, and you went to Seattle. Well, I was. Uh, I'd worked on the road with Ralphie May a little bit. He uh, yeah, you were in this garage once before, sitting over there. Oh uh, yeah, smoking. That's where you saw him, Ralphie in Seattle? No, he came through Nashville. I was, I'd was i worked my way up to being the house MC, pretty much. I got to work with, like, Hedberg yeah. three weeks before it, he died. Oh, God, what was that like, dude? Uh, at the time, it, it was the most amazing thing in the world to me. Because when I was still in college, I found him on Napster before yeah. he was famous. Yeah. And I, he was my little secret. Yeah. And I was a comedy nerd, and no yeah. one else really gave a shit. Yeah. And then he got huge. And I remember telling him, I was like, when you got popular, it pissed me off because you were my secret. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, Napster, right? I was like, yeah. Uh, did a bunch of drugs the first night. Um, second night, I was just exhausted. It was all overwhelming to me. Yeah. Uh, and it was a little calmer, and I went to leave, and Mitch looked up. He's like, hey, man, will you go get me some drink? I was like, yeah. And he was like, and get yourself something. I want to hang out with you tonight. And yeah. we went and did blow at this closed bar in Printer's Alley uh-huh. all night. Yeah. And Did he talk much? Yeah, he and I talked the whole night, and then Lynn was there, too. Yeah, and that yeah. was, it was, and the other two guys that were with us were, like, local guys that were really drunk. Uh-huh. But, he, he he always seemed like he he needed to lock in and have some company. Yeah, that was very much. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't like. I was never a guy that did cocaine. Yeah, like I've probably done a handful of times. Only one time without drinking. Yeah, every time I did it was so we could drink more. More exactly. Like and people are like, I'm just going to do coke. I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah, like, that seems crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was the same way. It's so. like going to a pot dealer and be like, I need some pot, and like I got coke. I'm like that is the exact opposite of what I want. Right. Well, yeah, no, it was always for me. It had to go together. Yeah. To get that balance. Yeah, no, I could never just do it. Like, just I'd coke? still be running somewhere. Yeah. So you were just doing coke, no drinking? With- no, no. I, we were oh. drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this was three weeks before he died? Yeah. It was It was over. I mean, it was also a lesson, because to this day, I've never seen anybody use the quality and different types of drugs he was using. Yeah. 
It's just booze, tons of just straight vodka, basically. Yeah. Just he had a bag, what he called Skittles. It was just pills. Yeah. And he'd just pull those out, and yeah. then he'd find blow afterwards. Right. So he wasn't uh, doing the H with you. I think that was something he got. He kept private. Yeah. 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 No, I had a couple of friends that yeah that they're like, did he mention this to you? And I was like, nope. No. Yeah, I think that was a uh, that was the one that was where he drew the line. That's something he didn't have very specific type of friends for that type of behavior. I would. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sad, man. It's sad, and you know, because I knew he looked a little beat up by that time. I think too. Didn't? Yeah. He? I remember when he walked in the green room there in Zany's. Yeah. And just how jaunt yeah, yeah, he looked. Yeah. And yeah. then almost like he looked like he had jaundice too. He was yeah. like yeah, like yeah. greenish yellow. Yeah, yeah. He had a, a weird pallor pallor to his skin and his yeah. Things. Yeah, it's like hollow. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it's not the guy that I pictured. No, it was sad, man. And he had wore those glasses and he couldn't quite see his and eyes. And then the shows were he was a couple shows I had to pull him off stage. Like, like he would just be laying on stage and telling me to come get him, and then I'd, like he was in- Did this, he do well? That, yeah, that was the saddest part that I realized later. Yeah. Because at the time, I didn't realize. I just thought, it was, this is so amazing and cool. Like, that's a nightmare, that the more fucked up you are, the more they like you. Yeah. You're yeah. fucked. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get out of it. You're fucked. Yeah, they expect it. Yeah, no one's going to be like, hey, stop. Yeah. Because everyone around you is making a ton hey, of money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when I realized how clubs work, too. Like, oh, this dude's... Oh, okay. If you're making them money, they don't care. Yeah, they want to make sure you got what you need. It helped me realize that. I was like, oh, then I don't have to be here. So I need to behave myself. Right. But, like Mitch told me, too, I remember one, that one of those nights, he was like, make a list. Make a list of all the people that fuck you. And then when you get famous, he was like, there's several clubs I go back to just to fuck with them. Really? Yeah, and I was like, hmm. He's like, I make all their money, yeah. and then I make these dickheads run errands for me the whole time. <laughs> he had a plan, huh? Yeah, I was like, okay. Well, he was a real uh, Living road the dream. Guy. Yeah. yeah. So so that was an important lesson to learn, and you learned that before you went to Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, I knew, well, I met my ex-wife in West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, on the road, and we'd been dating a couple months. It was a lot of fun. I was in over my head. She was 31. I was 25. Mm-hmm. She was a DJ, Puerto Rican, living the dream, I thought. Yeah. And then she was like, hey, I got a job in Seattle. Would you want to move with me? And I'd never been west of Texas. And I was like, yep. Because I just knew the scene there, too. There was a scene there. And I had this... Um, I was starting to realize that I wasn't going to be allowed to be the comic I wanted to be just doing the South. Yeah. Because with my voice and then my name. Did you ever work with bees? Yeah, he was one of the, he was the first. I quit my uh, serving job. To work with killer yeah, bees? Yeah, because it was the last minute. Like, we need a MC for the week. And I was there. Like, Can you be here tonight? And I was like, yep. I called the guy and he was like, um, I was like, I can't find anybody to come in. And he was like, well, if you don't come in, you're fired. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, I'm not coming in. Anymore. Anymore. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm going to have to fire you. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it. I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm done. I can leave you tickets for the show, I think, if you want to come that, if you want to hang out. So when you work with Killer Bees, did he pack it out? Mm-hmm. So like that was, uh, so you're emceeing this, this regional dude who's huge. Huge. Huge, and and that's your intro into the life. Of, yes, of you. That was the night you committed. That was it. That was uh, my first gig. 
was uh, and the the second week was Bruce Bruce. So, Interesting. So I went from, both ends of the spectrum. Yes, in two weeks. Uh-huh. They, they uh they called me last minute again. And, so you're dealing with all white and then all black, but huh. like like different type of white. Like, mm-hmm. not your audience all white. No, I know. Southern all white. But yes. Old school. Yes. Yeah. And does, they don't speak the King's English either. Uh-huh. Kind of thing. Like, a lot of Bezac, I didn't understand. Really? A lot of it, I did not. I don't get what he's talking about sometimes. Save up. Yeah, Save I up. still That's don't it. know. But Bees gave me up. great advice, too, about drinking. Save up. That's he said, it. don't drink before the show. He's like, because you'll get a, a little... You'll find that perfect buzz one time, and then you'll spend 20 years chasing it. And he's like, drink afterwards. And that helped me. Was he was he uh, straightened out yet? No. 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 And I, that was good advice coming from someone like that at that time, because he was all over the place. That one night you hit the perfect buzz, you're going to spend the rest of your life tra- chasing it, trying to get it's, that it's, on. It's not about the comedy. Mm-mm. It's about like, there's that one night where that combination. Yes. Between comedy and booze. Is perfect. Perfect. It's perfect, and you'll be chasing that for 20 years. And there's something to that. No, no doubt. Because our heads are all fucked up, and you're like, oh, the, okay, like I'm wearing underwear that I'm very comfortable That's talking right. in. You know what I mean? It's superstitious. Yeah. Uh, the second week was Bruce Bruce. I remember walking in with my bag, and the staff was getting ready, and they all stopped. I was always so nervous, because I was like, I've never really done a black room, yeah. let alone sold out. Right. And... uh so nervous and the whole staff they're like doing their and they all just stop and just look at me all at once the whole place gets quiet yeah and one girl goes are you the mc and i was like yeah and then they all just fell out and i was like this is this is the end at zany's yeah i was like this is the end yeah this lasted a week uh-huh. i was a comedian for a week how'd that go really good um bruce bruce said just don't be afraid and i was like okay and i was the first minute I was afraid, and they did not. And then someone said something, and it pissed me off. Yeah, and, you, and after that, I was fine. You 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 held your ground. Yeah, I said something right back because it was that instinct yeah, again. Yeah. I was just like, "Fuck you!" And yeah. when I did like "fuck you" or something like that, yeah. they were all on my side. It was the confidence thing, and I was like, "Okay, thank God." That's actually a fairly amazing moment to do well in front of a black crowd. Mm. I mean, there, I felt invincible for a while, like way too cocky. Yeah, because it really is about that. Because the lesson, like what he said, is exactly it. Don't be afraid. Just be yourself. Yeah. And and if you have any insecurity at all that that shows, they're going to see it. Yeah. And they're going to be like, no, God, he doesn't have his shit together. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yes. We paid for his show. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> yeah. But then I found out, you know. Bruce Bruce likes a white MC to go up there. He does. Yeah, that's that's his thing. It uh, is, so yeah. he asked for it. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. look at that. Yeah. They told me that after that week. I just thought, oh, they've got confidence in me. I'm like, no, I was the only white guy available. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, I met her. We moved to Seattle because I knew Mitch had been up there. I knew about you. Yeah, and I knew the politics would be all right. Yeah. You know, would lean towards my side. You could get in, yeah, because you had chops, and you know it was a small enough scene that you know, you could go in as a middle, and you were already strong. And yeah, 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 I did that in San Francisco, where you didn't have to go through all the ranks. No, I just you had an act. Yeah, I just had to do a couple open mics and right. not introduce myself till I got on stage, and then they're like, "Oh, who's this guy?" Right, and then after that, it was yeah. So you were up there for six years. Yeah, I, I, my plan was three, three yeah. to four. Yeah. Um. Married, we got married real quick. Uh-huh. We got known her eight months. We got married in Vegas real quick. 
man, I was just having a good time. Sure, man. Uh, sounds, sounds fun. Uh, then it went south pretty quick. After the kid? Uh, yeah. I mean, before the kid, it was not good. The kid was, he wasn't planned uh-huh. on my part. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't upset about it. I've always wanted to be a dad. So, uh-huh. you know, I was like, oh, we're going to make this work. And uh-huh. then it was like, no. Nope. Uh-huh. And then that got ugly. You know, the divorce and stuff. That got pretty ugly. Mm. So I was kind of stuck in Seattle for a couple years. Is that where you got the arrested? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, one arrest before... Before her? Before the pregnancy. Uh-huh. No. No, all my arrests came when I was with her. All my trouble with the law. I don't know if that's a coincidence, but... <laughs> was it was it drinking-related trouble? Oh, yeah. I was saying that the other night. I was like, oh, you know, uh, I've never been arrested when booze wasn't involved. Yeah. <laughs> So, was like I went through a roadblock here like two weeks ago. Yeah, and my first thought was like, "Oh, oh fuck. fuck! Oh wait, yeah, hey, I'm okay. Yeah, okay, this is great. How you doing, officer? Yeah, just look him right in the eye. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. I literally have nothing to hide. This it's, is fantastic. It's an exciting moment. Yes. To- to pull up to a roadblock and go like, everything all right? I'm good, yeah. yeah. Are you okay? And they're looking at your eyes. Go ahead, look in. And, yeah. yeah. I'm she clear. shit-faced. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, I'm, I am clear, man. <laughs> well, I did that. Uh, there was like two months after I was sober, I was hanging out with some buddies of mine that were in a band. Stayed and watched them all night. They drank the whole show. And I was like two months after I was sober. So we get in the car and we're driving. We go through like a late night place to get something to eat and we're in there and that's when i realized my buddy who in my head i was like well he's the least drunk he should drive yeah and then he's ordering food and i realized how drunk he was and i was like maybe wait a minute i can try hey i'm sober let me drive and he's like yeah what i was like it's all new to me i'm sorry i thought we were being very smart about this But when I worked with you had you just were you sober or had how did you just gotten sober how 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 long how long you got uh, when we worked together, we I was sober. Yeah, right. Um, the first time we met, I was not here. Yeah, well, with, uh, yeah, with Ralphie. No, I was not. Yeah. And then that time in San Francisco was definitely <laughs> not so. That's the first time I did Molly. I think the only time I've done Molly. Yeah, you weren't just drunk. No, I was. I was already drunk. And then yeah. this girl's like, "Do you want some of this?" And it was like white powder. And I was like, "I don't want to be up." Yeah. In San Francisco on coke. Yeah. I was like, "I'll get arrested." Yeah. She was like, "No, it's 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 called Molly. You just put it on your tongue." And I was like, "All right, fuck it." Yeah. And it, it's just MDMA, I guess. Uh-huh. I'd never done like that. Like ecstasy. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. And I guess when we about the time I started talking to you, like it's it, starting to it kick it kicked in. I was like, "This is fun." <laughs> and then you kept asking me leading questions. I was like, "I need to stop talking." <laughs> But I feel so good about everything. Like, how could any of this bite me in the ass? Yeah. No, you didn't let on. You, you were like, I just want you to know this and uh, about what you know that thing. And I'm like, all right, what do you mean? You're like, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I like you. Yeah. <laughs> know that. <laughs> oh well. So all right. So after now, I, I imagine that you, the the sobriety was you know primarily to to at least support a a, a a reasonable relationship with your ex and, and the kid and yeah and the new relationship whatever that is are you married again or no 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 no, no. um i did find a wonderful uh girl mm-hmm. that i realized like because for two years after my divorce i just kind of lived on the road i didn't have a place I slept on a bunch of couches in a hotel and all rooms. your money was funneling back 
Yeah, like no money. Yeah, yeah. it was all going. To the as kid. soon as I got money, it was. Yeah, yeah. and then sometimes not even the kid because I didn't have any. Yeah. You know, it was like lawyers and yeah. fees and all that Stupid. stuff. It's just a nightmare. And uh, I was quite a mess. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. But uh, I remember I met her and she had a boyfriend. And I just remember thinking, then I, I, I ran into her in New York. I went and saw her. And her boyfriend was so you there. left Seattle and went where? Just on the road. Then I met this girl, uh, my girlfriend now, at a comedy festival. She had a boyfriend um, who was six years younger than her. And I just, I remember thinking, like, I really like her. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember sitting her down like this in, like, uh, Cobble Hill in Brooklyn and yeah. being like, hey, when this is done, yeah. when this runs its course, give me a call. Right. Because I like you. Yeah. And she was like, what are you talking about when this is done? I was like, this will be done. Yeah. You're six years older, <laughs> believe me. And then she was like, well, what about you? And I was like, yeah, my wife is six years, my ex-wife is six years older than me. Yeah. There's a, it's so gonna, you're planting the seeds. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to She loved it. She's like, it's such a strong move. And I was like, it's really not, because if it doesn't work out, who gives a shit? It's yeah. just a line I said, if it does, I'm pretty awesome. Yeah. So we text every now and then just to say, hey, uh, one day the text started getting like, heated. It was just like more, yeah. like there was a more of a conversation, not just like, "Hey, where are you? Yeah, yeah. What's up?" Yeah, uh, and I was like, "Something's happening." And then she, uh, she called my bluff. I was like, "Hey, why don't you come work with me in Nashville next week?" I did a couple of headlining dates. Is She's Zany's? a comic. Yeah, and uh, she was like, "Okay." And I was like, "Oh, oh, okay. Well, I got to make some phone calls." I did not. I just thought that would be a nice fucking yeah. thing to say. Yeah. And she came, and we got along really well. And then it just kind of went from there. And then she's a drinker. Uh-huh. She's a lot better at it than I am. Uh-huh. And so there's like a couple months where I would just go a little crazy. And then there was just one night the next day she was like, hey, if you want to keep doing this, you can't do that anymore. What was that? Just be a mess. Yeah. I would just get sloppy. I wasn't violent or anything when I was drinking. I was never violent. I was just sloppy yeah. and embarrassing more than anything. Because it was a race. I learned yeah. to drink in the South. It's, mm-hmm. it's a fucking race. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to have two beers? Why would we do that? Why would we just have two beers? <laughs> I still don't understand. Like, so I don't she's drink. a controlled drinker. Yes. She's right. very good at it and yeah. very good at being drunk. Yeah. To me, it was like, okay, we're this drunk. Let's get yeah. more drunk. Let's get lost. Yeah. Let's yeah. go on an adventure. Why yeah. would we just sit here and talk to these same people? Yeah. That guy has a weird haircut i need to go say things to him yeah um and i was like okay i was like i'll just quit drinking she's like okay and i just did so when you now when you work i mean how long did you open for ralphie on and off for about five or six years probably so he was a he's a big uh oh yeah there's he kept me afloat a lot and taught me how to do the road and like what did you learn from ralphie just how to work i mean he works yeah you know it's it's not it's not necessarily what i want to end up doing the way he does it right because it's you know 50 weeks a year yeah and he's on the road the whole time doing radio and you know he hustles it's interesting when you meet that guy they're up in the morning on the phone yeah doing the phone for next week yeah doing the phoners yeah yeah it's almost like oh okay and then just to keep that and then to keep building it because you know you start seeing guys that'll have it for a while and then yeah. They're gone. Yeah. And then just to keep and then he works a room really well. Yeah, he's a he's a monster. And then I've to this day I've never seen any comic besides maybe Caliendo that's better at radio. Uh-huh. 
it's he takes over the show yeah which i can't i still can't do and i don't have a desire to do either i yeah. think it's part of my problem but yeah. it does work yeah and he said that he's he swears by radio is what is more responsible for his fame than anything else and yeah i'm success. sure that i'm sure that's true regional radio and then he he He's taught me how to structure like long form sets and things like that. Now he's a little more verbose than I am. Yeah, but as but far you, as an arc and everything. Well, like no, that. it's important to like you know to to see somebody who 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 does it and nails it and he's a pro about it and you know really puts on a show. It's a it's a, it like because they're part you like me. You know, you kind of get in. It's like I can pretty much do what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take it easy. I'm yeah, that's gonna, that was my pro. Yeah, I'm I was gonna like, sit around and write some shit down today. <laughs> Maybe get to it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, maybe get to it. Yes. <laughs> yes. If there's not some on NPR I heard that I want to go read about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, when you meet those dudes who are like, I got to, like, you know, now I got to write a new hour, but I don't, I only can write by doing, going up on stage. That's, that's, and he made me feel better about that because I was always. He does that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, I have friends that would just sit and write. Write jokes, yeah. I and I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. Because when I do it, it sounds like I'm telling a joke. Right. I'm exactly. not being I'm a comic. Way. I'm the same way. I yeah. need to just form it in my head and I'll know how I can say that's it. That's right. That made me feel, because for a while I was like, well, maybe I'm not doing any work, but I'm, my act is better than these well, guys. We, the weird thing is about determining how much work you do is like, you know, we dedicate our life to it. Yeah. We live the life. Yes. We get on stage. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we're building shit out. You know, how we do it is our business. Yeah. That's... You know? But I mean, the, the whole sort of working the other stuff, which I didn't really know how to do, which is like making the connections, making, you know, making sure that you're not a dick at the club. Yeah. Uh, you know, make, do the radio, show up for the radio. Shutting your mouth. Kill the, on the radio. When this dude is talking, that was a big thing for me. Like, okay, this guy's an asshole, yeah. but he's going to give you a couple of weeks of work a year that yeah. you'll need to yeah. tie stuff together. Yeah. And there's several dudes across the country that I've been like, nope, fuck yeah. this guy. Yeah, he oh, needs yeah. to know I, how I feel about him. I, I don't, you know, I'm not that vengeful and I don't necessarily have a list, but I certainly know, and you know, I'm not like a, you know, I don't sell thousands of tickets either, but I, I do know the people that didn't help me, mm -hmm. you know, more than anything else. Or fuck me. Yeah. There's a couple people that I won't go out of my way, but if I do become that draw, yeah. That when they, if they ever approach me, I will enjoy saying no to them. Well, yeah, well, I had one thing like that where, you know, I couldn't work at a club for a long time for some, I didn't even know the reason why the guy, you know, had it out for me. But, you know, he, you know, and it's a great club. And uh, I just had to accept that it wasn't going to happen for me anymore. And I, and I liked the club and I didn't work there for over a decade. And he apologized to me, you know, in Montreal. You know, he came up to me and it's like, look, man, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you're a great act. I want to have you back. I, uh, and he literally and very graciously yeah. apologized for icing me for so long. And I went back and I sold out five shows and I killed and I loved working there and it was great. Well, that's sometimes it's beyond your control. Sometimes a waitress likes you and the owner likes that waitress. Yeah. I, it, it usually comes down to a waitress problem. You're yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's definitely about pussy. I would say 80% of pussy the time money, man, that's it. Even in this business, yeah, it's that's all of, in everything. Yeah, it's, it's pussy and money. It's like that girl wants to fuck me. You're like, yeah, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah, because I know I should be excited. Yeah, but he wants to fuck her, so yeah. now I can't come back to because Des Moines. she talked to you, you. Yeah, you're not allowed in the state anymore. Yes, yeah, I can't do comedy in <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I, I think we did it. Yeah, you. Yeah, I guess so. This is fun. Thanks for talking. Thanks for having me. 
That's it. That's our show, folks. Thank you for listening. Go to WTFPod.com. Pick up the app if you're new to the show. You can always get the most recent 50, that's six months worth for free uh, on iTunes or on my site, or, or you can get the app. Enjoy. Get some JustCoffee.coop. Leave a comment. Do what you got to do. I appreciate it. I'm full of panic. It's been an aggravating day. I don't like the idea that there's some guy out there as me spending money that isn't his based on my credit. Fucking monster. What the fuck is wrong with people? Career criminals, man. They're always one step ahead. They're always figuring out the angles, but I guess this is a problem a lot of people have. But why me? Why? It wasn't about you. Don't make it about you. You were not targeted. I don't think. Huh. Maybe. Maybe this guy's like, I deserve Mark Maron's credit. Him and I are a lot alike. He stole my essence. I don't know. Fuck. Boomer lives!